Power up suits and welcome in to another episode of the House Party Protocol Special Report. My name is Will, and with me today is the one and only Merzane coming to us from Merzane's Tactics Dungeon. What's up, man? Uh, it's going well. Um, some weird stuff got put in here while I was uh, gone, it seems. Oh, yeah? Like what? What's what's new in the dungeon today? Um, some weird tentacle ice cream truck. Yep. Yeah, I think Schultze put that in there. Uh, Coraldorn put that in there. Ah. Uh, he, and then he said, like, it's really gross and he doesn't know, like, why it exists. <laughs> and I'm trying to tell him, you know, you, you didn't have to park it in here. You could have left it in whatever, you know, weird place, parking lot he stole it from, whatever. I don't know where he'd get something like this, but uh, it's here now. And um, then he sealed the escape tunnel, and I can't get it out. Well, you're, you're, you'll be released at some point, I'm sure. It's, I'm, you know, one day on good behavior, you will finally be out of the dungeon. We just hadn't reached that point yet. Your behavior hasn't been good enough. We haven't gotten at least myself to a victory at a major event yet so you know that's that that's i didn't know we were trying to get you first jeez (laughs) 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 well merzane i'm glad you're here because it has been quite the weekend and if you go back and you listen to the regular house party protocol for this week first of all if you're listening to this first and you haven't listened to the regular show i will say Make sure to listen all the way to the end. We had a pretty big announcement there. I'll make sure to make that same announcement here in a little bit. And uh, also, this is where we're going to talk about the majority of what happened at the Adepticon event that I played in. Uh, My takeaways, my experiences. We'll talk about all of the different um, affiliations and if there's any information we can glean from the different affiliations that were played and all of that stuff. So... I'm I'm excited to get into this. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about the con I couldn't attend this year. So I was really hoping to be able to go this time. Yeah, it would have been good for you to be there. I know uh, everybody was asking, it's like, oh, where's Merzane? I wish that guy was here. And it's like, yep, we we all do. Merzane's always Aww. a good time. Oh, how sweet. I I, uh, I don't know with 100% certainty I can go next year, but uh, my boss and I have talked about it. And uh, she's like, I don't see any reason why you can't go. So nice. maybe fingers crossed. Well, you're coming to Nashcon though, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, a little information about that before we get too deep in this, even though I'm stoked to have this discussion. Uh, so the tickets for Nashcon apparently are going to go on sale April 1st. And Nate said that it's a hundred and how many? I believe 116 slots. 116 slots for the Marvel Crisis Protocol event. So growing each year that I've been there, which is great to see. So I I got to say, if it, last year this stuff sold out so fast. So if you're interested in going to NashCon, April 1st, I will share the information out on Discord and Facebook 
as soon as Nate posts it. So, yeah, just keep an eye on that. Yeah, it's it's going to be a good time. And like you said last year, it it sold out in an hour. Uh, I wasn't particularly vigilant. I just happened to see the Facebook post saying it was up. It's like, oh, I guess I'll just go ahead and purchase my my ticket and went and purchased it and then found out about an hour or two later that uh they were all gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you're interested, keep track of it. Um, get on there quick because we didn't have nearly we didn't have 116 slots available. Uh, but with how much it's been growing and how many people who wanted to go, it it wouldn't surprise me if it sold out. Uh, maybe not in an hour this an hour or two this time, but uh. It might sell out, so mm-hmm. get your tickets when you can. Yeah, definitely do that. And uh, yeah, without further ado, Merzane, I uh, I think I now have to relive what happened in round one of the Challenger event. Uh, <laughs> I want to repeat my um my statement in the Twitch chat after you tell us a little bit about it. Okay, so I started off the day on stream with the Professional Casual Network. If you want to go watch that, you can find it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how it's listed at on Twitch, but they said they're going to put it up on YouTube. But you can go watch it on Twitch. It's the very first match of one of their their streams. It would be the one from Saturday. So if it has a date on it, it would be the one from the 25th. So if you're interested in watching that, go check it out. I do recommend it because it was a really good match and it was, I made a ton of mistakes like that. I make a lot of mistakes. I had reasons for some of those mistakes, but I definitely make a lot of mistakes, but it also was a really good match. And it was one of those matches where I, I felt like some of the stuff that you and I had talked about Merzane, I was putting to practice. Yeah. I, I noticed a few of them. So I was proud of warm my heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it was it was an insane match and it was yeah right off the rip underslept maybe a little hungover on stream so maybe so, you know there we go but uh, shout out to the professional casual network if you haven't uh, hit hit them up you can go to uh, watch their YouTube watch their Twitch all that stuff it's really good stuff their podcast is really good too so uh, it's gonna be really great I think we're gonna have Tim on here next week so that'll be a lot of fun but uh, yeah. So we start off the game, and it's Brotherhood matchup, <laughs> which yep. I was like, well, I guess we're getting it out of the way early, <laughs> you know, because I don't know if you remember this, Merzane, but that's like the one matchup where I was like, I do not feel good here. Like, I didn't feel good about a lot of matchups, but I really didn't feel good about that one. It was that one. And uh, funny enough, your crises and points uh, were the exact same in the one practice game that we streamed. Exactly. I also noticed exactly so i was a little bit like okay cool i at least remember what to do here and and i didn't do the thing that i would normally do which is go get two hammers on strange right away so yep you know that that was a thing but i did play eyes on the prize but i did it in a way that was a little different i committed to getting one on strange and then getting him back out of deception range and mm-hmm Part of my strategy, especially early, was just don't let deception mess me up. But in not letting deception mess me up, it caused me to get blown up. 
in uh, the beginning mm-hmm. of round two. But one of the things that I've noticed when Brotherhood players and when you're starting out with Brotherhood, one of the things to do is to have Juggernaut go up. He gets his three power. Maybe you destroy something along the way. You get another power to somebody else, probably Magneto, probably, you know, whoever else. Doesn't matter. Anyways, Juggernaut goes up, and then Magneto asteroid M's into the middle of the board and just deletes anything that came too close. It's a very common Brotherhood play, I've noticed. And I kind of expected that to happen in this match, but what I did not expect to happen was for two of my team to be deleted. That was uh, a little bit shocking, if you will. So let's talk about how turn zero played out, right? So Mm -hmm. I've been toying with putting my leadership card on Voodoo and playing him less aggressively than I have in the past, where he's there just to steal, steal extracts off of somebody, make somebody not count for points, and then kind of work around the edges, right? Maybe get one attack, stick and move kind of style. And I've been really right. liking how my play has evolved when using Voodoo as my leader. I still don't love it all the time, but I like it enough that that's what I did in this match. Like I felt like, okay, Voodoo can be my leader. He's got the four defense dice when he has his brother Daniel token. I can go and maybe steal something from someone and then run around the edges, and then I can, you know, maybe be okay there. So I made Voodoo my leader. And I activated him at one point, and he was moved up kind of kind of in front of the front demon, which was a mistake on my part. I realized that after I did it, but it was like, whatever. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. if I take one attack, maybe two attacks from Magneto here into Voodoo, then I could probably be okay. And then I've got Brace, and let's see what happens. So so he gets attacked, and he takes, I think, two damage. And then my opponent wants to throw something. And something we've talked about, Merzane, is not using Brace unless you're just, you're going to die. Right? Like, mm-hmm. that's one yep. of those things that I've been trying to work on also. It's like, especially against Brotherhood, all they want to do is get that brace for impact out. So if you can hold that as long as possible, and and there you go. You know what I mean? So so that's what I was trying to do was just hang on for dear life with brace for impact. So I didn't play brace. And he took like three damage. So he's on like one health or something like that. So then, you know, here comes something else thrown at him. And then Mordo gets something, gets attacked or thrown into. I don't remember how the sequence played out. But basically, I didn't play Brace until I think it was Mordo was on one health left. And I was like, well, I need to brace it. Somebody was on one health and I would and I had to brace, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was round one or round two. But so round one, what happens is Mordo and Voodoo both in one magneto activation ended up being dazed yep (laughs) just and and it was one of those things where it wasn't like an an average dice situation like i know i've talked a lot about 
dice at times and stuff like that on this podcast. It's it's a common thing for me to talk about every once in a while. I say common every once in a while. Those two things aren't the same. <laughs> but either way, it's dice are a thing, right? And and I have some pretty bad dice at times. And even in our game, Merzane, some pretty bad dice. And mm-hmm. this this opponent, you know, shout out to Skyman. You know, he first of all, he was a very kind opponent. Like he was very fun to play against. Like even though the worst possible thing that could happen happened, it was a, a to me anyways, like not for him. For him, it's like perfect. But he was super fun to play against, very kind, and his models looked amazing. He had this display that was that would like light up and stuff. It was it was awesome. And uh, he's a suit now. He he comes to hang out in the Discord now. So thank you very much. But uh, I, I would he was a really great opponent, and he played a great game. And anyways, so where was I, Merzane? Um, your boys were dead. Oh, that's right. Days top yes. of one. Yeah. So my boys got days top of turn one. The rounds over, and I think it's four to three or something like that. Like it's really close. You know, we, I stay within one point for most of the game. And then, um, top of turn two rolls around and Skyman plays shrapnel blast. He puts the construct kind of around all my people. And I had had a hammer on strange and beta ray bill. And then let's see, voodoo and Mordo were kind of near the front. And then Lizard was off to the side doing lizardy things. And um, so my three points were my home demon portal and two hammers, one on Strange, one on Beta Ray Bill. And he had a hammer on Toad, which I was accepting that I was never going to get it back. I was fully understanding that I would probably not get that hammer back. And, uh, you know... I was going to do other things. And then he had one on Pyro. So I was definitely worried about the sweet beams with Pyro. So anyways, he plays Shrapnel Blast off the rip on turn two into the middle of where I think he was going to hit three people. So he did. He hit Dr. Strange, Dr. Voodoo, and Baron Mordo, I believe. Yeah. Or no, it was Beta Ray Bill. It was Bill. It wasn't Strange. Yeah. It was Bill, Voodoo, and Mordo. And Shrapnel Blast is an area two, six dice for five power attack. And you measure from the construct. And then after the attack is resolved, the target character gains stun. So not a ton of dice, but at the same time, you're going to get 18 dice out of this. It's widely considered not the best attack in the game. However... I think Skyman proved differently here because he deleted. I don't think he did it with the attacks on both of them. And and by the way, I had Ironbound books up too because, yes. yeah, this is one of those things where when you're staring down the barrel of a Magneto, I, I thought I could save it, but no, no. I had to play Ironbound books because I had my leader in Voodoo and Mordo at this point on their injured side, so I played it. He shrapnel blasts into voodoo. I think he had three crits on that one, two or three crits. 
because I think they even say it on stream. It's like, oh, is that three crits? <laughs> you know. And so he had a ton of crits, just exploded roll, insane. And I think I had one block, maybe two. I don't remember, but it was very below average on my six dice that I was rolling with Voodoo. So I think Voodoo had one health left. Does the same thing to Mordo. Similar situation, maybe one health left. Maybe he deleted Mordo right away. I don't remember. One of them he deleted right away. And then Beta Ray Bill was just like, okay, cool. I'm going to take one damage or one or two damage. But Beta Ray Bill being stunned was terrible. But Beta Ray Bill being stunned was definitely had me thinking about what to do with my power. Oh, yeah. And I can't forget, I did do a six dice Stormbreaker attack into Magneto round one trying to stun him. One, I didn't roll a wild. Two, I didn't roll any successes. So therefore, no damage on six dice. <laughs> no, even more insultingly, he rolled no successes. You rolled one success, but he had put up magnetic refraction. That's what it was. Uh, so cover gave him a the uh, the block. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like this is this is even better. I just you know insult injury on that turn one. So turn two, he does that. Magneto has a ton of power, and just starts the yeetening. And I play Brace, but then he's got enough stuff to where he just kills both of them. I don't remember if, if which one died from attacks and which one died from the throws. But either way, they both end up KO'd. After the first activation of turn two, round two. Yep. So, if you're doing the math, I have three models. He has five models, and only one of them has activated. And you are uh, seven points down for the rest of the game. Exactly. Seven threat value down uh, until the end of the game. This, this is a point where I'm not going to lie. When I saw that board, I thought to myself, you know, if I wasn't on stream, I'd have probably just said, you got it. <laughs> that thought went through my head, uh, admittedly, because it's, I mean, you're, you're, what are you supposed to do there? It's really tough. It's a really tough situation. But I I did, you know, I took a step back from the table. I did, you know, the the little woosa, you know, take a deep breath. Like, you know, it's it's gonna swing back. I'm gonna get some dice rolls at some point. Something's gonna go my way at some point. So let's just keep playing and see what we can do. And and you know, just just hope for the best. Like that was kind of where my head was with, with everything. And I can think back now to certain mistakes. I don't remember exactly when they happened per se and what round they happened, but I remember when I, what I, what they were. So we can talk about that, but basically the round continues juggernauts in the middle of the board, beta ray bills juiced up on power. And so beta ray bill has a size four throw. So I go and I throw juggernaut into pyro and one shot pyro yep <laughs> so that was pretty good and then i don't remember what all else i did with bill what i kept doing with bill was just like move move throw because i i didn't want to burn through my power on him one because of the damage reduction two i wanted to keep him out of danger so i kept trying to get him to a position where he could avoid being deception and try not to lose my hammer because I knew I needed, not just for the damage aspect of things, 
but I knew I needed a hammer for scoring purposes because there's only seven points available per turn. So if I can stay within one as long as possible, then I have a chance. It's kind of how I felt about it, right? So chip away at it. And I know on the chat and uh, on the stream, Tim and them were like, you just got to go full murder, right? You've just got to go, you've just got to go full kill. And I was looking at what I had on the board and Lizard is not killing anybody with his four dice. Beta Ray Bill could probably do some damage and Strange could do some damage, but it's straight dice on pretty much all of it, except for Strange. So I wasn't confident in my ability to outkill, but what I was confident in is that if I could get Magneto spending his power, get damage on him when he doesn't have any power, so I, he doesn't get to use his six dice thing, and then you know, use Jugs to throw around. I wasn't going into Jugs at all with attacks, really, because I didn't feel like I had a, a good enough opportunity to until later. Uh, I do it with Lizard, and it totally whiffs. But um, anyways, lots of control. I, I do the old scalpeling with Strange on, I think, Juggernaut at one point. I do it to Magneto at one point. I get everybody pushed away. Um, and and I stay pretty close. He takes a, a lead on me. And this is when the game turned, really. After playing and, and you know trying to come back, I was able to, to like I said, one-shot Pyro, who had a hammer on him. And I couldn't get that hammer, though, with Bill. I couldn't get to it because of where I threw jugs from. So I placed it off to the side, but I was worried about Miss Mystique going over and picking it up because I did not want Mystique with rapid fire rolling five dice. So I placed it kind of to the side of where, like away from Mystique, away from Jugs, away from Toad, where someone's going to have to move to go get it. Well, he moves Toad over to go get it, and I was like, well, this is the worst possible outcome for going to get this hammer. <laughs> yeah. Because... Now Toad has two hammers and can just sit on the back point gaining three points for the rest of the game and, and I can do nothing about that, really. Because of the way, you know, Lizard can't double move and attack. Obviously, he doesn't have any out-of-action movement. Beta Ray Bill only has Honor Bound to try to get there, but I have to worry about Deception for a while, which he did end up using Deception on Lizard, uh, I think in round two or three. I don't remember when. So I didn't have to worry about that after a while, but I still, you know, I can't be too aggressive because I have a hammer on certain characters. So it was like, how do I make him come to me and spend actions doing things that will get him to come to me and, and all that stuff? And like I said, some of the lessons that I learned was don't roll dice unless you need to roll dice. And mm -hmm. there was one roll, I don't remember which one it was, but I was with Strange, I think I had, I was attacking Magneto maybe, and I think I had like four attacks. Oh no, I remember what it was. So Pyro woke up. Pyro woke up, and he comes to the middle of the board. This was one of my big mistakes, I feel like. He comes to the middle of the board, and I think he might take one shot at somebody. I don't, I don't remember what he did at the middle, but I go with Strange. He walked up and shot Bill, I think, with his range four. Yeah. Something like that. I don't remember who he, who he attacked. But it didn't do much. It's fine. Bill's immune to incinerate too, which worked out good. And I did say that to my opponent, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, but uh, Bill was the only target he had, I think. 
So I go with Strange. I portal myself over because my plan was to portal over and then get some power off of Pyro and Portal Jugs or Portal Mags or, or one of the two. I don't remember which one. I think Mags had already activated at this point. And so I roll my dice into Pyro and I do four out of his five damage. And he's on his injured side in one go with Strange. And I'm looking at these dice. I think I had a crit in there too. So I had seven dice and I had done four damage. So that was, was pretty good. Like I'm not, it's not a complaint at all. But like part of me and for longer than I want to, I'm like, re-roll it. Re-roll it. You can do it. You can do it in one. Re-roll it. Re-roll it. Re like that was going through my head. Seriously. And then I was like. I, yeah, yeah. I could tell watching it. I was like, uh, even um, Tim and the other guys on the professional casuals were like, don't do it, Will. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Stop. No. Yes. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's it was so wild because I'm like, like I'm just sitting there I'm like, I got, I can do it. I can one shot him. But no, the, the right choice there was to not re-roll it. And I didn't. And I like heard heard the Merzane in my head, like, you've got four out of five. Don't do it. So I didn't. Yep. Which cool. So then that round I do I I think this is when I, I yeeted Juggernaut. So I yeet Juggernaut. And here is where I think I think this is the moment really like a lot of I'm, I had made a ton of mistakes up to this point and my opponent played a great game, but I think I was approaching a turning point at this moment. But what happened here and this one decision I do think is like the was the final nail in the coffin and I and I didn't know it at the time. So I don't know if at this point in the round. Beta Ray Bill had activated, or if Lizard had activated. I'm, I'm not sure. I know I had one of them left to activate. And they both had enough power for their throw. So, he didn't have Brace, and Pyro was on one health left. So, that means I could throw Pyro into something, or throw something into Pyro and hope the dice work out. Either way, the odds were in my favor to finish off Pyro. Well, Strange decided, and by strange I mean me, but you know, the conduit by which Strange's will is done is me apparently, yes. and decided to throw hands into Pyro and take him off the board. Why that matters is because that left Strange, who had at that point, I think two or three damage on him, in the middle of the board where Juggernaut could come up and punch him a little bit. And I think I didn't have books up either. I, I, I bring books back later, and I think it was round four, not this round, which was round three, I think, is when all this is going on. So he ends up coming up, punching Strange, and taking the hammer off of Strange. And that was like a big turn point-wise for him. He ended up gaining, I think, three a three or four-point lead on me at that point. And... What I should have done there, like I, like I was saying, is I should have moved Strange back, gotten to, you know, traded, basically traded places with him and Bill where Bill was on the back demon. I should have said, okay, let me move Strange back. He's going to activate someone. Then I can move up 
And maybe if he moves Juggernaut up, I can throw Juggernaut into Pyro. Or I can throw Pyro into Mystique or whatever. And so that was kind of a mistake. Like, it it was a, a big mistake that I saw on the board at the time, and I actively chose not to go for it. And why I I did that, I don't know. But that was one of those where, like, I feel like if Strange lives that turn, what I do at the end of the game ends up paying off. Right. So that Mm. happens. Strange goes down, gets the hammer taken. And... I think at some point, I, I don't remember what round it was, but I also ended up throwing Juggernaut into Mystique and dazing her as well. <laughs> Just one. I think it was this round because he, he like moves up and does some stuff and blows up the bunker she was standing behind because he like bumps into it. Yeah. And then you just walked up and threw him into Mystique and just wrecked her. Yeah. You did it a couple times. He got one shots on these five health guys using Juggernaut as a wrecking ball. Yeah, uh, honestly, Juggernaut did more damage for my team than any other character. <laughs> yeah, Juggernaut was your was your MVP. <laughs> yeah, Juggernaut was my MVP of that game. So uh, again, I, I don't remember every little detail that happened, and I went and watched it again too. But it's just you know, it's all the details. Again, I encourage you to watch this because it is a really it's a really good match. Honestly, it's a very good game. Yeah. So last rounds rolling around and well, the way they were doing the round timers at Adepticon, I really liked, they were like, and I think this is what the challenger document says. I'm not sure, but basically they would say, okay, that's time. Do not start a new round, finish the round you're on. So like if you had just finished up your power phase, play out the round and then whoever's winning will win. And I think that there's issues with that, which we can talk about on another podcast, maybe but it worked well here overall. So I, you know, he's, I think I had days Magneto at one point, juggernaut still fully, mostly fully healthy. And I'm trying to like, all right, how can I either get these hammers off a toad, get this hammer off a juggernaut, kill Magneto. Is any of this possible? And it just didn't feel like it was. And so we're in this last round I think Lizard gets dazed this round. Oh yeah, so at the end of at the, so Lizard is kind of standing near the middle of the board and he's got six power I think and the only character that he has in range to really do anything with is Juggernaut. And Juggernaut I think was maybe he had 3 or 4 damage on him. So he's got 8 stamina on his healthy side, so quite a bit. But you think like you can chip away at that with enough dice. And like that's what I was. I'm standing there next to Juggernaut. He's got the hammer. Lizard's sitting there. I could I think I might have thrown Magneto away, moved something. I don't remember what I did. But I I go with a cold blooded. I, I do I do the whole cold blooded <laughs> into <laughs> Juggernaut. So it's seven dice physical. And it has a special effect of if this attack deals damage, the target character gains the bleed and slow special conditions. So I really wanted to get the bleed on him because if I didn't finish him off, I could maybe just get the bleed going and you know, he could still spend the power. Can he spend the power to stop a bleed? Uh, yes. Okay. Because so, it's not limited to anything. So I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was thinking something. So I 
I do cold-blooded. I had, I think, six power on him, so I did cold-blooded twice, I think. Maybe he had seven power because he had been dazed. And I, I don't know what I what I did. I had, I had a ton of power, and I did cold-blooded twice. Both times, seven dice attacks. I think netted one damage, maybe, like, and in total. So 14 total dice, I think I I got one damage through. Yeah. Which... And it wasn't because his defense dice were hot either. Neither of us really wanted to roll defense dice in this game. It was just my attack dice were pitiful. Pitiful. So, you know, at that point I was real. I I honestly was really demoralized because I thought I could get through Juggernaut there with Lizard in some way. You know what I mean? Like there was, I was like, I, I can do something here and make this happen. And it just could not happen and lizard at some point in the round had gotten attacked and i forgot to do my healing factor on him and i will say i want everyone out there to know i think there was some confusion on the stream about whether or not my opponent let me go back and do it he was more than happy to let me go back and do my healing factor and especially knowing what ended up happening later it would have saved lizard if I'd have had that one extra health and I would have gotten one more activation out of Lizard, basically. I think, I don't remember how it all played out, but basically Lizard would have been alive and potentially scoring me points. I don't remember how, but he would have been alive at some point. And maybe that was when he was going from healthy to dazed or or one or the other, I don't remember. But I think it was healthy to dazed, so it was maybe around before what I'm talking about here. But either way... There was some confusion about whether or not my opponent would let me. He was more than happy to let me go back and do my healing factor. But I told him at the time, I said, that's on me. I forgot it. And for the rest of this tournament, I won't forget it again. And so I want to say thank you, Skyman, for allowing me to do that. But I didn't didn't need it in that moment. And it was, you know, that was one of those things like it stunk for me to lose Lizard when I did. Because he would have been alive. It would have neutralized a point, I think. But it is what it is. It is yeah, what well, it is. We, I remember in the... Because I was in the chat asking about this too. Because there was confusion about whether or not it was mandatory. Right. You have to heal. And it, when it wasn't... like my fir- The first thing I said was, Oh, well then, even if like Skyman said no. Like, it is an optional effect. If you forgot. It, he really can't let you go back. Yeah, like at this level, at this level of play, there is nothing wrong with him saying no, and even yeah. if it feels bad for one of you, yeah, like at this level, games are won and lost by mistakes like this. Yeah, and yep. him giving you a take back on a mistake could have could have lost him the game, like we're like you were just saying, you know, it would have made a big difference. Even little things like that when you're when you're playing at the highest levels. Uh, they can make a big difference. They sure can. And uh, it it feels bad, but some sometimes you can't give someone something like that, especially when the game was this close. Like this this game was very close. It was way closer than it had any right to be. I'll tell you that. So oh yeah. So after end of the round, end of the game, you know, like at the at the very last activation of the game, uh, I think so. It would it what ended up being the last activation of the game. I had. Doctor Strange, he had Toad left. And I wasn't scoring. I think I was scoring Beta Ray Bill's hammer and my home demon point at this point. And he had 
Magneto and Jugs, and Jugs had a hammer on his on the or on the middle demon point, and Toad with two hammers was on the back demon point. And I was down, I think it was seven to eleven. Yeah, it had to be that seven to eleven. Right. Yeah, because yeah. they I think they yep. made a, a giggle about seven eleven. Yep, it was a seven to an eleven score at this point. So if you're doing the math. I would need, he has two points guaranteed in the middle. I can't do anything about it, really. Toad's got three points, so I would have needed, there wasn't enough points for me on the board, like, available to me, because I think Lizard is either KO'd or neutral or something at this point. So Lizard wouldn't have mattered for this discussion. But I would have needed, I was doing the math in my head of how much I needed, and I obviously miscalculated. Uh, but I would have needed to somehow neutralize that middle point and keep and have him only score one point in order to, I think, tie. Mm-hmm. So either way, I was like, okay, well, this is the last thing in the game, so we're just going to go for the gambit of trying to score as many points as possible. And so I do a little finger measuring to see if Strange can even get to Toad with a scalpel he can. So Strange moves, scalpels himself to get, I think, within range one of that back demon portal where Toad is. So he's he's standing on the demon portal. And then I I'm like, all right, five dice. Five it's literally just five naked dice with an eye of Agamotto reroll potential into Toad, who has five stamina because he has taken no damage and three mystic defense. So I have to one-shot him here. If I don't one-shot him, there's not even a chance, right? Well, my initial roll was one crit and four hits. His initial roll was one critical that was a block, and then he had magnetic refraction up. So he's going to get two blocks out of it. So he's alive on one. If I don't convert this into a wild. I think whatever it was, I needed a wild. Whatever he had, yes. I had to have a wild because Bolts of Bedevilment has a pierce. So even if I, even if I converted into like a hit, it wouldn't have done it. I don't remember exactly what he rolled. But whatever it was... I had to have a wild. So I'm like, okay, this has to be a wild. And I say it. I think you can even hear me say it on the stream. <laughs> I think you could too. Cause uh, I wasn't able to like watch, watch, but I was listening. And I remember, I thought I remember hearing you say, say that and they were definitely on the stream. Like, Oh, this has to be a wild. Yeah. And so I, I roll the dice. It's a wild one shot toad. And I grab his two hammers and I have that back demon point, but I mean, I can't do anything else at this point. I wasn't, I wasn't in range to teleport um, Juggernaut off of the middle demon, which wouldn't have mattered anyways because he still had Magneto there. So even if, I, even if I had been able to teleport Juggernaut, which would have been what I would have done because then we would have just ended in a tie, which ties can happen under this format. So it, it wouldn't have mattered. Because he still had Magneto, who was on his injured side, who would have been contesting that middle demon point. 
But either way, the fact that it worked out, I thought I had won, honestly. <laughs> I thought I had won right there. So I'm, I, I'm sorry I'm taking so long to tell this story. It was just a super epic match, and it was super fun. And I finished the game. He won it 13 to 12. But why I tell this story, why I tell tell the stuff, and and I'm not I'm not the best at like recounting and recalling exactly moment to moment plays and stuff like that. So I hope y'all still enjoyed the telling of this story. But what I want to show is sometimes you just play the game out. Sometimes you play the game out. You look at the decisions you you can make. You you try and and just play your best game that you can to pull out a victory and the fact that I was even within one point being down to three characters for the majority of the game just was awesome it was great oh yeah yeah it was a fantastic game uh I think they sit on the stream the stream perfectly it was it's that classic marvel bounce back like you know you had some really bad opening and then you playing well coasted you through like the mid game and honestly if there was another round or two on time, you probably could have pulled it around. Um, it, it was looking like it was really swinging in your favor, but part of part of the game is is timer. So yeah, in a, in a competitive event, time is a, a big factor, and not having time is basically saying you couldn't have brought it around. Yeah. Um, but I think if you had been playing a little bit, if you both been playing a little bit faster, not to say that either of you were like stalling or slow playing um but had there been like a little bit more uh time for you you probably could have pulled it around and that's very impressive (laughs) given your start yeah yeah and and i gotta say like you and i had talked about beta ray bill specifically before leaving and how i was really vibing with him as part of my convocation and i i've realized i made some mistakes on my list building so I only ran four affiliated characters and it definitely created situations where I couldn't bring in beta Ray bill or somebody else at times when I really might've wanted to. Mm -hmm. And, and that kind of felt weird. Like I wanted beta Ray bill on the table more, but because of the point values that I was playing at, I wasn't able to get him out there as much. So I think maybe having a, an ancient one, or Clea, or Magic even, on the board. Maybe Magic might be the play. Like, having them in my list could be valuable because then I can say, all right, let me let me load up with, like, Mordo, Magic, Strange, Voodoo, and then Season to Taste from that. Right. And uh, anyways, it, it was just something I noticed, and it didn't cost me any games because ultimately I still was playing things that were good for me but it wasn't one of those things where I was like you know like um like I just I knew it I I noticed it I noticed when I was doing my list building of like okay if I play this I can't be affiliated if I play that I can't be affiliated if I only had this other affiliated character then I could bring Bill in and be affiliated but mm-hmm. in this match specifically Bill did a lot of work and I think that Beta Ray Bill, as part of Convocation, he's not a, a guaranteed set-it-forget-it character, and I don't think he's, like, the best four-thread in the game or anything like that. But I think 
in a lot of situations, he is very valuable. And even just because he has that throw, that throw of size four for three power is huge. And, and I mean, that is what I did with him most of the game was just run around and throw stuff. Yeah. And, and it was excellent. Sometimes it's all you need. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did with Lizard most of this game, too, was just throwing things. I don't think I used his builder once. So, you know, Lizard also was a borderline MVP for me in this game as well because of just the amount of damage he soaked was crazy. And then in my round two game against Web Warriors, Lizard went down like a chump. Like, it was wild. Lizard just keeled over, like, no blocks, they spike a little damage. Lizard's dead. Like, dead, dead. Mm-hmm. It was wild. Yeah, it was, it was a great game. And taking away a lot of the lessons learned from that game and from the rest of my game. So before we get too much further into the, into the Longshank stuff, I, I do want to tell you about the last couple rounds. I'm not going to get as deep into that one because th- this one was the one match where like all of my matches were good, fun, all of my opponents were really good. Like that was one thing about this tournament with so many people, there's like that chance for like a negative play experience kind of goes up, but that's the thing about this community. It was excellent. Every opponent I played was fun to play against. Like we had fun. Like our little, like, it was one of like a weird story we were creating on the tabletop, which is what MCP is about, but it was cool to do that at a big event like this. And yeah, it was, it was just fun. It was a, it was a fun event. So my games, uh, so second round matchup, I played a web warriors player, which I I love that I've as convocation. I was like, cool. I I'm confident in my web warriors matchup because you're not going to get your rerolls. Uh, you'll get your miles reroll, but like, Okay, (laughs) so I was pretty happy about that in that way. Uh, It was still a tough matchup, and we played on a D shape. I don't remember all of the characters I had, but I played fairly wide. So we played Hammers and Riot Sparks, so Extremists. So I'm thinking to myself, well, there's eight points on the table. I know I can get two Hammers early, which I did. And I did this, I did this strange two hammers play on this one because it was available to me. It's kind of like the way I looked at it. And I was one model down from him, so I was gonna have priority. So my thought was, okay, turn one, go grab two. He had Black Cat and Spider Woman kind of in in an area to threaten, but I wasn't like too worried about it, if that makes sense. But I don't know how to explain like my thought process on it, but I was like, this time it makes sense to have two on Strange because I have the tools to go do what I want to do. So I had Strange mm-hmm. and Pyro on one corner, and then I don't remember, I had Lizard on another corner, Beta Ray Bill, or not Beta Ray Bill, um, Wong was here on this one maybe, I don't remember who all was here. We played at 18 threat, which was one of those like wonky threat values for me that I wanted another convocation model so that I could play a bigger threat character. Whereas I was forced to play, I think Wong here in order to stay affiliated. I don't remember who all I had on the table. I know I had voodoo out there too, which 
you know, Voodoo's going to go steal stuff. That's what he's going to do. So he ended up with a hammer early, and Strange had two hammers, and Pyro was actually really beneficial here. Like, I actually brought Pyrotechnics with me, but I could not roll a wild with him. That, so I found, a, I found another hole in, uh, in the list building process, and I left Plane of Poldock. No, I had Plane of Poldock. There was one match where I left Plane of Poldock at home, and I really wished, I don't remember which one it was. But I, um, so I had left something out to bring Mission Objective and Pyrotechnics. I don't remember what it was that I had left out to do that. But I had, whatever it was, I, I was like praying that I had it when I didn't. And I ended up never using pyrotechnics because I couldn't catch anybody on fire. <laughs> so, anyways, mm. playing this game out, and I'm forcing him to come to me. I'm able to get to uh, Gwen early. Like, I days Gwen, I think, maybe top of round two. I don't remember when it was, but I days Gwen super early. And I get the firewall on Black Cat super early. So she's not able to, to do much of anything. You know, the root and the slow on Black Cat is debilitating. Yeah. She still has Troublemaker, which was troubling. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't too bad. Like, I'll take you doing Troublemaker to me as long as you're not stealing my stuff and running away long. I, I'll take that trade off. So she Troublemakered Strange, I think, twice, which wasn't great. But it was fine. And... um so anyways, the game is is playing out where I'm forcing him to come to me more or less. And he had Wong in his lineup and I was able to move my voodoo over to where I neutralized a point that Wong had while still scoring one of my own points. Did I say voodoo? I meant Mordo. I think I don't know what I said there. So Mordo went over and did it, but Wong nearly killed him. <laughs> Wong nearly killed Mordo. It was hilarious. But anyways, the last round rolls around, and it's 12 to 10. And at this point, I was in control of all four hammers. So all I needed to do was keep my hammers, and I win the game. Right? Right. There's nothing he could do about it. So at this point, like I said earlier... We had Black Cat, who was rooted and slowed, and I think she still had both of those conditions on her. And I had dazed Spider-Woman previously. I used the Plane of Poldock and, and all the rerolls and stuff to, to get Spider-Woman dazed. So Spider-Woman's standing over there, and I am thinking to myself, the only character that hurts me right now in this situation is Spider-Woman. If Spider-Woman's able to move, glide, and get within two to make me drop my stuff. Like, no, Voodoo didn't have any damage on him, and he had two hammers. Strange was fully healthy and had two hammers. So, uh, Books was gone, but that was irrelevant here. It, it was, there was nothing that could be done to stop, really, except for Spider-Woman. That's all I kept thinking about. I was like, Spider-Woman's the only character that hurts me here. Voodoo and Miles were close to each other, but I felt like Voodoo could have stood up to one six-dice webline kick, but because Miles didn't have enough to 
Miles didn't have enough power to do his make you drop it thing. So I was like, I felt really confident in the situation, basically. And I'm looking at Spider-Woman. She's got five health with that three mystic defense. Strange has two hammers. And remember how I talked about I played really smart and I, I you know, control and all that stuff in that round one game, Rosane? Yeah. Well, guess what I did in round two? <laughs> in this, this uh, You decided to kill things. I, I said, strange rolling eight dice mystic. I mean, that's, that's the dub right there, right? Like, there's, that's it. I'm going to, if I take out Spider-Woman, I win this game. That's what I, that was my head. That was my head cannon. And um, so, yeah, I move or I place, I scalpel with Strange up. And that was another thing is if I do, if I do this ability, well, then I can scalpel Black Cat away to where she can't even get to me and she doesn't have the power to steal my stuff. So she just has to bet on the dice to get the power to steal. And she's rooted. So, like, it wasn't happening. If I'm able mm-hmm. to, to, to take out Spider-Woman. So I scalpel up, but I don't go the full distance. I go just short of it. I declare an attack, and he goes, cool, I'm going to play fallback. And he falls back, and I tell you, there was paper-thin amount of distance between his max distance fallback and where I, where I was going to be able to get two attacks in. And guess what? I rolled my attack. He had a good block. I think he had three blocks, but okay, cool. You got three blocks. Well, I rolled nothing, literally nothing on eight dice. So, okay, cool. We're going to have Ayavagamoto this and pray. And, and he blocked it all. Took no damage. And then he's out of range, so I can't do it again. So then I just move back instead. And he ends up Coming up, taking the hammers off of Strange, getting, and getting the he gets everything, basically he scores he scores six, six points, I think he had eleven points at this point I, I might have miscounted but he ends up winning the game because we both were like I was like yeah you just won he goes what I was like yeah you just scored seven points so you won the game, and and so he wins seventeen to thirteen because I didn't. Just go into a corner with Strange and Voodoo. I did say when I did it, I'm choosing the fun option. But still. Ugh, we're saying. My opponent played a great game. I do not want to take away anything my opponent did. He played very good. I was, I was doing a lot to disrupt what he wanted to do. But man, that's one of those where like, I gave that game away. I gave it away. Yeah. Dude. I felt, happens. I felt so bad. I was like, I was like, oh man, I I can't believe I did this, but it is what it is. And then my other two games, I played against Hydra. I won that game, sixteen to seven. It was Alien Ship and Infinity Formula, and we actually I played my Red Skull on that one. And yeah, Red Skull did work. The Hydra goons did work. Voodoo did work. That was a a really good, really fun game. And then I played a Dark Dimension player in my last game. And he brought Dormammu, Hulk, and Ulik. That was his list. And we played at 19 threat. That's crazy. Yeah, we played at 19 threat. And I brought Strange, Wong, Pyro, uh, Mordo, 
and Hulk. So it was it was something. And so his so my Hulk man, my Hulk did work. Let me tell you. At one point Wong healed him and if Wong hadn't healed him just that two points of damage, he would have been down way sooner than that. But we played on Montessis and Intrusions and we both went through the portal a couple times. We both rolled blanks a couple times. And like at least you don't take the damage now, but like man, it was it was crazy. He rock and trolls up right away. I'm I'm able to I think daze his Ulick pretty early. And uh I didn't take out another one of his characters. I was trying really hard to get rid of his Hulk, but it just wasn't working out the way I wanted it to. This is when I wish I had playing a Poldock. I'd I'd left playing a Poldock at home to bring mission objective because I was like, there's only three objectives I need to have mission objective in case I drop one. And uh yeah, it uh it was a wild game. It was super fun. I ended up winning that one 13 to 9. So I finished 2 and 2. But it was it was every game was super fun. And the fact that I was able to win that Dark Dimension game was one of those where like I was 1 point ahead, 2 points ahead, 3 points ahead, but like it was he had so much attrition where I never felt safe. And it was it was wild. It was a great game. And uh it was very fun, very very great event, and um, I ended up, they did a raffle at the end, and they pulled some, you had like a big table full of stuff that you could go and pick from, and they had these specially designed officials, so they can be used on stream, if you're ever at an event, can be used on stream, measuring sticks that I think were designed by Dallas or something like that, but I don't think they're ever going to be released to the public. And so I got those. I'll share a picture of those. I'm, I'm super excited that I got, got my hands on a set of those. But it was a great event. Two and two is not what I wanted to finish, obviously, starting off. But I, I had a lot of fun. And that's what we talked about leading up to the event, Merzane, was fun is the most important part. And I can walk away from this event saying it is one of the most fun events that I have ever played in. Like, every event i played in has been fun. It just... This was great. It was just a great time. I, I wanted to perform better, but I know, I know what I need to do now if I keep going with convocation and I keep going down this train. And it's just breaking some of my habits that I've been working on. I've been trying to break those habits. So just keep going. You know? Yeah. Well, I think that going two and two in a 120-something player event is I, a good showing. <laughs> By the yeah. way. Well, I thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I wanted more. I did. I and I, I was confident in a way, in in a sense, going into it. But I'm I'm happy with how it played out ultimately. You know, but enough about me. <laughs> and I hope that you guys have enjoyed listening to this for an hour. It's just been me talking about my games for an hour. So I I hope that y'all have enjoyed this. If you haven't. Please let me know, and I will not do it again. Seriously, let me know if this is not something that you care to talk about. But let's talk, Merzane, about the data from this event. Are you ready to do that? Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've been uh, looking over the data a little bit while you've been talking, and there's some interesting stuff in here. Okay, so out of a 128-player event, I think every affiliation, even an unaffiliated, was represented with a with something. I believe that's the case. Yeah. So literally everybody 
had had something here. So I think there's some really interesting things that can be be gleaned from this data. And, you know, when you look at it, like, I'm glad to see that there was an A-Force player. Now, it looks like that player dropped after just one game, but there was an A-Force player. There was a grand total of one Convocation player. <laughs> Guess who that was? It was you. It was me. And then another interesting thing, and I know it's like a new hotness thing, but there was eight players for Hellfire Club. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think um, I'm not sure how it collects play. I, like, I'm not going to add all these up to see if it reaches, but I know that like you could multi-affiliate when you declared. Right. So I wonder if like it's just going to take into account everyone that chose it. Because like the A-Force guy was playing S.H.I.E.L.D. He played one game of A-Force and then his other three were in S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. So uh, it's kind of hard to determine like who was going like purist without going in cross-referencing and stuff. But I think yeah. Hellfire Club ended up being like a a splash for a lot of people. Like they took Emma and they're like, well, I guess I can try Hellfire in certain situations. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it does that, but it was it's still interesting to see that there were actual people potentially using those affiliations, right? And another one yep. that stands out to me, and shout out to our friend Graham, playing Defenders, and Graham finished, I think, pretty. he finished 3-1 and one and finished 15th playing Defenders, and he didn't lose until the last round. Nice. Yeah, he had a, he had a great event, so it it's cool to see... <laughs> He lost to Pat Dunford too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he lost to Pat, who won the overall thing. So like, no shame there at all. But uh, it's cool to see defenders being played, and he played a lot of defenders. He played criminal syndicate and defenders combination. Like he did put defenders on the board at times. So like, and he had Electra in his list. Like, interesting. Yeah, you. Like he loves her, and I'm like, you know, hey, you do you, buddy. So yeah, it's it's really cool. What what kind of things do you glean from all of this? Um, I enjoy that there was a couple of Sentinels players, and there were three Dark Dimension players. If I if, yeah, three Dark Dimension players, and they played Dark Dimension every single game. Yep. And uh, the highest placing one was in thirtieth place. At three and one. Nice. Uh, I can't look at his list, unfortunately. Uh, I looked at the other two lists. You know, I'm my pet project right now is Dark Dimension, uh, including the guy that you played in the fourth round. And I'm yeah. not seeing any Rhino, and it makes me wonder if I'm the one that's wrong about Rhino in Dark <laughs> Dimension. No, I think you're totally right. I think it makes perfect sense. Uh, I also find it interesting there was only one Wakandan player. Uh. They went three and they, they played three games with uh, Wakanda. And it looks like they were dual affiliating Steve Rogers and they lost that game. So a little, a little telling that maybe, you know, Wakanda is a little better than people think. Yeah. Um, he made it to, I think, final round. And then, I uh, know, round one, he played Avengers and lost and then won out the last three rounds with Wakanda. Yeah. Uh, I think Wakanda is a lot better than people think. I think they're just a lot of people think they're boring. Yeah. Um, 
there was a lot of people that thought that like shield would get the sudden upsurge in play and that they were going to be everywhere and they were going to be taking over offense. We have four people playing shield. Yeah. Um, which is kind of what I thought. There's probably gonna be a lot of people that played them and then like realize this affiliation's hard and then stop playing them. Go yeah. back to whatever they played. Yeah. Uh, and then the other weird, the other funny thing I noticed uh, was something that we had, I, I didn't, that doesn't surprise me is that a uh, brotherhood was the most played affiliation. Oh yeah. Um, they are super popular. They're, they are 19 players, 49 games played. Uh, the only one that had more games played were X-Men who had fewer players. Cause I guess brotherhood was getting dual affiliated more often mm-hmm. and guardians who had 16 players with 55 games played. Yeah. It, it's interesting to see that like, Brotherhood had that many people representing them, but less games played than Guardians and X-Men. But I think you're right. I think there's some dual affiliation there. And then with Guardians, there were 55 games played with Guardians, so 16 total players. And, I mean, if you look at how it ended up, Pat Dunford winning the whole thing with Guardians. Like, I think, I've said this before, I think Guardians are in the best spot. I mean, being able to do the re-rolls and also... Professional Casual streamed the final, and if you want to watch an exercise in efficiency, go watch that game. That game's over in an hour, and it is just efficient. You know, there's a a Malekith, a Thanos, and Red Skull, Master of Hydra. Like, it's it's a whole thing. There's a Lockjaw in the final. Like, it was was nuts, and uh, it's, yeah is great funny funny enough uh thanos is insane and guardians is probably the best affiliation if you want to play thanos better than black order i would say yes if you want to play thanos i i think that thanos and it's senior thanos so space reality thanos is really great in guardians he just provides a ton of value to that squad and it's uh yeah, watching watching Pat pilot them was pretty impressive. And when we look at all of the different affiliations that were represented here, like I love to see that Spider Foes is getting play, Web Warriors, you know, Winter Guard, literally everything had someone playing them. And I think this goes back to something that I've talked about before. I don't know if it was with you or somebody else, but like the health of the game overall, where when you look at Everything's represented. Everything can be fun. And then you look at like, let's say the top 20 people, there's a a pretty big spread of characters. You know, you got Cabal, X-Men, Hydra, Guardians, Spider-Foes, Criminal Syndicate, S.H.I.E.L.D., Defenders, like I mentioned with Graham, Avengers, Brotherhood, you know, a Midnight Suns player made it into the top 20. That's awesome. Heck yeah. Like, and it's straight Midnight Suns. So I I love seeing that, you know? So it's just, it's just cool to see that everything can be played and has its place in this game right now. Maybe Sentinels need a little love, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Well, I think that in a, in a room full of, Brotherhood Sentinels is in a bad spot anyway. <laughs> yeah. Also, Sentinels are 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 not a big fan of the Brotherhood. They aren't. It's interesting because this 
data that we have here from Longshanks, it shows 12 people having a Hulk in their list, which I find to be very interesting. I thought it would have been more. So uh, the problem with looking at the character data, and it's why I wasn't going to mention anything about it, uh. is that the only way you can get character data into Longshanks is if you do a code. So like, you know, if you click oh. like export and you get the, to, and you get the code. Oh, okay. Otherwise, if you type it out or if you just copy and paste, um, it won't it won't record the data because it's. Uh, oh. I guess it needs the I guess it needs the code to make sure that everything is like perfect. I got you. Well, I'll start doing codes then. Yeah, I I did not realize that until I looked at the data and I saw I saw twelve hulks and I was like, and twenty five brace for impact. I was there's no way no there was way. only twenty five brace for yeah. impact in this tournament. And when I scrolled down, it said MCT coded lists submitted for 32 of 127 players. So out of 32 players that did the codes, we had 12 Hulks, 25 Brace for Impacts. That's a lot. Stuff like that. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Fear Grips the City is still, Fear Grips the World is Worthy Terrorized Cities is still the most popular crisis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody had hammers, dude. It's it's great. I love it. And you know what I'm really glad I didn't see was the uh, Brotherhood uh, Mystique run away, grab my senators play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a fun one to play against. <laughs> it is. Yeah. What other information do you feel like we can glean from this event overall? Um, it's hard to know without having like all the, the character data, right? Yeah. Um, but I will say, I think it's interesting that like the top eight seemed pretty diverse. Uh, we had what I think it was two Cabal, two Cabal, two X Men, three Guardians, uh, and a Spider Foes in the top, uh, the top eight cuts. Yeah. Um, Guardians, we've we've known for a while that Guardians is in a really good position, especially when you bring Thanos in there, and they're also going to be really popular right now because Beta Ray Bill is really new and very good for them. Yeah. Um, it brings a lot of new life into an old affiliation, uh, which just goes shows like the power of pumping a little bit of love into an old affiliation. Oh yeah. Uh, Wakanda is obviously going to be getting a little of that soon. So maybe we'll see a, an uptick in Wakanda play. Oh dude. Yeah. I'm sure we will dude. They're getting some new stuff <laughs> and it looks pretty awesome. Ram piloting defenders, like you said, is to, to a top in the top 16 is pretty incredible. It uh, is. It congrats is. Congrats to Graham. Yeah, he's he's crushed it, dude. And uh, and he was singing the praises of Electra all weekend long. And I'm just like, cool, buddy. <laughs> the highest level uh, Avengers team, at least like mono Avengers team that I can see is 16th place with uh, Jacob Deaton, who's a really good player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Avengers is one that a lot of people say is like crazy and like one of the best. So it's interesting seeing them so far down. Yeah. Uh, five total guardians listed the top 16 though. I'm noticing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think guardians are just, it's, it's because it's, they can start from such a low affiliated point. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's yeah. why they're so good and so popular is you can say, okay, I'm going to have Star-Lord, Rocket, and Groot, and that's eight threat, and now I get to season to taste, basically. 
Yep. You get a splish splash however you want. Right. And even if you're not saying Star Lord Rocket Groot, you can there's just a myriad of different combinations you can make to stay affiliated for a very affordable cost. And then now you're able to put in a senior Thanos, put in a Malekith, put in insert other big boy that you want, or even just play so wide that your opponent won't get to activate for a long time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of ways. Guardians is probably one of the most flexible teams. I think that they're like, a really good jack of all trades list. Yes. So when you bring them to a big event where you like, you could see anything they, they can probably bring a tool for anything. Um, and then there's also probably like a little bit of like a paper, rock, scissors thing going like every time, you know, a big event is played and we see the top results. Uh, there's going to be like meta trends trying to like, Oh, well guardians won this one. So guardians is the one to beat. Now people are going to start making lists to try to play into guardians. Yeah, I mean, that's so, definitely something to think about. Like, anytime you show up to an event, I think understanding you're going to face at least the potential to see Guardians, Brotherhood, and probably X-Men. Uh, X-Men is one where I think that it's event-specific more. So, like, I think they're good and popular and all that, but I think, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I think, like, Guardians, Brotherhood, and probably Cabal are probably the three big ones. Maybe criminal syndicate. I don't know. Avengers uh, was definitely one, but yeah. in this event it was less, which is very interesting. This is the first one where like you were less likely to see Avengers than other ones. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But um, you were, you were as likely to see a spider foes player as you were to see an Avengers player. <laughs> right. Which is what? <laughs> there were nine web warriors, nine spider foes, nine Avengers. Yeah. Which you were I'm, more likely to see Cabal, Guardians, X-Men, Criminal Syndicate, Brotherhood. Wild, by the way. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm, it's crazy to see those kind of trends like that. And like, I don't think Brotherhood's going anywhere when it comes to popularity. I don't think Cabal, Criminal Syndicate, like if you look at like the top five represented affiliations, and it's a tie for five brotherhood guardians x-men criminal syndicate and cabal it's not a tie on five okay so it's a tie for six but like those top yeah, three-way tie for six <laughs> yeah my bad it's those top five and maybe if you include avengers in there as like your sixth one i don't see i see like those kind of just shuffling of who's the top one at a given event you know what i mean yeah so it, it's interesting. And I think this game is in a really good place. Uh, I got to say the Adepticon crew that runs this event is just, they're great. And everyone was kind and fun. And there were games going all night long, not just part of the event. Like, you know, I mean, just in general, people always play in and doing different stuff and whatnot. It was really cool to see. And I'm excited for the future of this game as it goes, because I feel like, we're in a really good spot right now with a lot of stuff. And while guardians are very strong, they're not unbeatable, you know? And, and I think that on any given day, the dice rolls work out, the strategy works out and you, you're taking home a championship, you know? Yep. I think, you know, at the beginning of the game and when stuff was getting worked out, I think there was a, there's a few things that were 
you know, maybe more considered problems. You know, stuff like original Modoc or Valkyrie or Shuri, you know, way back in the day. Yeah. But as the games come out, like they've hit their stride and, and especially after like the card update, uh, that gap is closing a lot. Oh, definitely. Um, so being able to see this kind of spread is really good. It is. Um, it does make list building hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think part of list building is really interesting in that you have to either bring questions for your opponent to answer or have all the answers that your opponent could bring, right? Yep. And I think it's getting harder and harder to try to have the answers side of that than it is to be a, be a question side of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I know what I want to do, and can you stop me from doing it? And one other thing I need to point out here, because I am just wildly shocked that there was only three Weapon X players and only three games were played with Weapon X. Yeah, they were dual affiliated. And I'm not, it'll be interesting to like, if you have time to pour over this and look at like, who were, who was dueling what and maybe like why. Yeah. Um, Because like you said, there's some interesting stuff like the, like that's really interesting. The A-Force one's interesting. Um, Defenders was obviously dual affiliated. No, no, no. Well, it was obviously dual affiliated because Graham played all four games and he was the only four games the Defenders played out of three players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, why was unaffiliated played instead of playing Hellfire Club? You know, stuff right. like that. Um, but... Yeah, it, something something like a little bit off topic that's interesting to me. When we look at this spread, we think, oh, it's pretty healthy. Like there's a lot of variety, especially in the most popular stuff. But everything gets represented. <laughs> Coming from Yu-Gi-Oh, whenever we have a, a format like this or, or a meta like this where like, there's so much thing, so much stuff viable that you have to plan for, people hate it because <laughs> <laughs> they hate having to yeah. deck build for everything. But yeah. this is what you want. Like this, it's nice to have variety when you go to a game. Yes, it really uh, is. And it's nice to know that if you build something, you might stand a chance. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, keep it locked right here to House Party Protocol for uh, more building discussions because uh, my next event is going to be here in Memphis on May the 20th. So if you're out there, uh, you can check on the House Party Protocol Discord, there is a link in the events tab for or local events tab for that information. So if you're able to come out for that, we'd love to see you. Uh, we're going to have a sweet door prize. And I, I don't know how they came up with this, but I'm super here for it. It's Eyes on the Prize. It's an Eyes on the Prize card with some custom oh. art. So, like, I mean, I'm here for that. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to come win that event. Uh, no, because I'm going to win that event. Mm, you think <laughs> <laughs> no i've probably I have to play brotherhood now oh no well okay well see why are you just gonna throw shade at me like that man like, <laughs> i, I got feel- i gotta play for the for what i'm gonna see and i know um i know you'll be playing convocation uh, you think i'll be playing convocation haha ooh, ooh. yeah maybe it's time ooh. to dip out like okay. i said i was gonna do months ago i can't i just can't quit them i can't quit them because they're it's when it works, it's fun as hell. You know? They are very fun. I, I've been, I've been, every time I like, 
I think I, I think I'm ready to try a new affiliation. I, I look at them. I'm just intimidated. They're so intimidating. Yes. Yeah. That's it's hard. It's weird. But it, my biggest thing is I play so much stuff where like having a mystic attack is so important. Like you know what I mean? Like I'll play into something yep. and it's like, man, I'm I'm really glad I've got a mystic attack right now. And or twelve or yeah or twelve mystic attacks. But I'm really glad I've got all these mystic attacks. And then, like, anytime I play something else and I don't have access to that mystic as easily, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> this is terrible. Why did I do this? <laughs> what am I thinking? But anyways, but anyways, I think, Merzane, do we have anything else to talk about Adepticon right now? Uh, No, I would just say, you know, give a watch to your game on the Professional Casual Network and... Probably some of like the stuff that they announced. There was like an hour long panel at the end that they streamed of like upcoming stuff for all yes. their games, which I need to I need to watch. I just saw like the pictures. Um, yeah, with a lot of cool stuff in it. Lots lot of, cool, of stuff. cool stuff. Yeah. So, like I said at the end of this week's regular House Party Protocol episode, um, make sure to follow, subscribe, all of that fun stuff. We got fun stuff happening here. With the announcement of Shatterpoint and kind of all the stuff that's been revealed for that, let me know if y'all want to hear Shatterpoint content. If that's something that you want from me, from the House Party Protocol brand, let me know that and we can maybe get that train rolling. But I just don't want anyone listening to this to think that MCP is somehow going to fall by the wayside because it is not. This is my one true love and Shatterpoint is my fun thing. You know, I like it, that's how I feel about that, but I'm excited to play it. It is, it's fun. I got an extended look at it at the event, so that was pretty cool. And I'm excited to get my hands on it. But uh, yeah, let me know about that. Also, we are doing a giveaway now. We're going to be giving away New Hulk and New Modoc. So you can find the link in the description here to the podcast. Basically, go to the Facebook page, leave a comment, and then you'll be entered to win. And then you can send us the secret code words. We already have one. Rosane, what do you think we should have as a secret code word for this episode? Ooh. Ah. See, I didn't get to say the thing I wanted to say before, I don't think. Did oh, I? Yeah. Did I say did I mention you being upsetty spaghetti? <laughs> you did not. Oh, yeah. That's what I said in the in the chat when you were playing Brotherhood Runner. Was that uh Will's gonna be upsetty spaghetti that he has to play Brotherhood round one yeah, look, that on was- stream. So upsetty spaghetti. Upsetty spaghetti. <laughs> okay. So send us the secret code word messages on Facebook or Discord or emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Upsetty spaghetti. Because look, as soon as I walked up to that table, like I saw his X-Men display, I was like, okay, I'm playing X-Men. I can maybe do this. And then he puts down a brotherhood list and I'm like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> you were upsetty spaghetti. I was. I was. You are correct. So... Make sure to do that. And then also, uh, we're going to have some new merch designs coming up soon. Those will be hopefully coming out very soon. Um, I'm working on that right now. We're going to be getting some custom dice made that are House Party Protocol specific. Uh, like, So there's a, a guy that makes dice, is Baron of Dice. I bought some of his dice at the con. They're great. Uh, very, very good quality. And while you can't, you know, you can use them. If your opponent allows it, they're perfectly fine, but I would make sure that if you are going to use them, make sure you say to your opponent, hey, do you want to use my dice too? That kind of stuff. Either way, we're going to have some custom House Party Protocol dice made, and what I need from the suits out there 
is to let me know what you should you think we should get as the little symbol for the crit because he already said he's got an Iron Man face coming up and he's already got an arc reactor coming up that's not released yet. So we got to think of something for House Party Protocol. I mean, I'd be okay with like a beer mug. <laughs> you it's got to be a microwave. A, a microwave, yes, definitely <laughs> something like that, which that was also cool, seeing people wear the microwave shirt that I have, seeing people just wear that in the wild was awesome. It was weird, it was cool, but I loved it. And Is so, this still available? Yeah. Okay, I yeah. need to get one. Microwave shirt still available. Yeah, so that's, I think, the only thing available on our merch store right now because the other ones got taken down uh, because oh, yeah. Disney and stuff. But alas, it is what it is. But there will be new merch coming out soon. Check that out. And then stay tuned for information about the dice. Also, last announcement here is we're going to be doing a House Party Protocol League. So be on the lookout for data for that. It's only going to be through people that are uh, a part of the Discord community. So if you want to become part of that community, you can check out patreon.com slash House Party Protocol for as little as a dollar a month. You can come and hang out and participate in that league and then just be a part of the chillest of the illest and the realest community that exists this side of the interwebs, in my humble opinion. Granted, I'm biased, but still, it's pretty great. So come and check that out. And yeah, Merzane, where can people find you? You can find me at the Gamers Guild podcast, where once again, all fine podcasts are sold. Yes, make sure to go give that some love. Shout out to Nate for being a, a judge and a coordinator of things up there at Adepticon. He did a great job, and uh, it was fun hanging out with everybody, meeting everybody. And uh, yeah, if uh, look, to everyone that I met up there, I, it was great to meet you, and I, I, I had a great time. And anytime we're at an event, just hit me up. I'm down to chill, down to play some games down to have some drinks, whatever you want to do, just just hit me up. We can have a good time. And uh, I really appreciate everybody for uh, saying hello to me there and also just for uh, being a part of the House Party Protocol community. Like, it's it's really great to see that and to to be a champion of good vibes and for that to, to shine through. I really appreciate all of that. So with that... Speaking of, of, of meeting up and drinking, has Mythrandir asked you to drink gravy shots no and i will not he keeps asking me to drink gravy shots at nashcon well i guess you should drink gravy shots i guess i'm gonna take a gravy shot at nashcon i guess, I guess. so that's that will not be me you do that i i i'm scared <laughs> but he's insistent but he's insisting well and how can i say no to that phase that's I, honestly i know right but uh anyways with that party on merzade party on will and power down suits mm-hmm.